Hello and welcome to our Patreon exclusive episodes, you patrons. Uh, how does it feel to be patrons? Pretty cool, huh? You can talk, you can tell your family about it anytime you want. And if they want to join, that'd be great. Well, anyway, we're here with our friend of the show and history buff, Brody Karn. Welcome back, Brody. Uh, what, what do you have to teach us today about? Thanks for having me back, Ray. Uh, oh, we you. and Rob. I'm here. Hey, Rob's here as well. I'm here. Don't worry about me. Yeah, just, just lingering in the shadows. I'm still getting used to learning how to use these intros. Okay. I think you did real nice on that one. You sounded just like Nathan Lane. <laughs> well, <laughs> can Nathan Lane introduce Brody? Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with a very important person. We are here with Mr. Brody Cons. Brody, the floor is yours. That was incredible. That was, that was good, incredible. Mr. Thank you. Well, speaking of actors, I was going to say, yeah, what it feels a, appropriate. It sure does. Today we're going to dive into a man who was widely considered to be the most famous actor of the 19th century, mid to late 19th century. Let's say that. Um, you may recognize his last name. Uh, but it was Edwin Booth is the fellow we're talking about today. I was thinking it was going to be Curly Joe Dorito <laughs> from the Three Stooges. And I am wrong. Continue, please. <laughs> close. You were close. Edwin Booth um, sort of revolutionized acting at this time and kind of gave us the, the theatrical styles that we still enjoy today oh, wow. on Broadway and, uh, and you know, at, at your local community theater even. <laughs> is uh, he... <laughs> He, he this is a plug, friends. Don't forget, Brody is appearing in Almost Maine at the Pepper Pod Playhouse. No, almost. <laughs> almost Maine. Almost, almost, almost Maine. Maine. O- almost, almost Maine. Yeah. At the Pepper Pod Playhouse. Remember, bring your proof of vaccination, a mask, and maybe something to read if the show gets a little slow. <laughs> it most likely will. But So to, to first start talking about Edwin Booth, I think it's important that we understand the, kind of the family environment that he came from. So Edwin was born in Maryland in 1833, uh, born into the Booth family. It was like this huge family of actors. Um, his, his father, his name, he had a great name, Junius Brutus Booth, right? Junius Brutus Junius Booth. Junius Brutus Booth. There's born not, during the this, Roman I'm, Empire. I was going to say, there's not another one in equity, I'm sure. So <laughs> yeah. I think he doesn't have to change his name. It's a hell of a name. So he was, Junius was actually English by birth, and in his day, he was like a pretty big hit, actually, in the London music hall scene of those times, Uh, but specifically doing Shakespeare. And uh, he started out as his acting career at the age of 17 over in London. Once again, this is Edwin's father, so. um, Junius. 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 (laughs) That's what I picture. (laughs) That's how he sounded. That is exactly how he sounded. I saw him in some of the movies he made later on. Mm. He did a lot of under fives on The Good Wife and The Good Fight. (laughs) He also did Almost Maine. He, all did all my, he also did all. He originated made. the roles in Almost Romeo, Maine. Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Well, th- yes, it was at the Granada Hills Children's Theater. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ray, which I think you're still a proud member of yeah. in your mid thirties. <laughs> Look, they do some good work. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by, by the, the Granada, Granada Hills Children's, Children's Theater. theater. I can't tell you how many uh, regional people come out of that theater. Don't forget to see their production of Mother Courage and Her Children Junior, which is being licensed through MTI. Coming up next season, we have Lysistrata Junior. <laughs> Lysistrata Senior. <laughs> so Junius, he started acting uh, when he was about 17 and uh, against his father's wishes. 
uh, and he left England and started touring around Europe with a Shakespearean company. Um, kind of a fun side note, one of his first big breakthrough gigs was he was playing Brussels in Belgium. Hmm. Wow. Yep. And this, he was playing uh, that city just a few days before the Battle of Waterloo happened. Huh. Yeah. Did his performance instigate the Battle of Waterloo? It, it was an uproar. That's it was that, an uproar. Well, applying. the ABBA song is actually about his performance. What is? The ABBA song. Waterloo. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Junius. Waterloo. <laughs> oh, Booth. I saw Junius at Waterloo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I never knew the lyrics. Yeah. 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 yeah okay. Yeah. So while he's over there, he's performing for all of these high-ranking English army officers who were, you know, waiting to go into combat. You know, for some, it was the last thing, the last entertainment they had, right? Jesus. I know. And so... Hope he did a comedy. Yeah. Well, no. Yikes. <laughs> he wasn't known for doing comedies. <laughs> but hey, tone it down, Junius, okay? <laughs> Tell a joke, Junius. Yeah. Life is Lighten a joke. Lighten up. <laughs> oh, God. The Napoleonic army is approaching. <laughs> You will all meet your maker soon. <laughs> you know, like holding Junius the skull, you know. <laughs> yeah. Can you do something observational, maybe, Junius? Junius, is everything all right? What is it with these doublets? <laughs> I only wear one. Why do they call them doublets? <laughs> Junius was Jerry Seinfeld's yeah. great grandfather. No, yeah, absolutely. He actually wore a puffy shirt. <laughs> he did. <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. No, on that's about a, that's quite all right. So. <laughs> Well, this is Junius, still Junius. Junius. <laughs> Junius. So he came to America, right? We'll fast forward a little Julius. bit. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I was going to get there. I'll just wait, just wait until we get to the names down the road here. We love weird names on we this sure show. We sure do. And, uh, <laughs> and so he, he came to America. And of course, as, uh, as any you know, nature-loving person would, he settled in Baltimore. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> this is a fun quote that I found. Um, a tourist at the time noted that I believe this is how he said it. No city in the world has a more beautiful countryside than Baltimore. This guy didn't get around him. No, no. <laughs> Isn't that what Trump said about Baltimore? Yeah. He, was, he was born in Trenton, so he it was, was a big... Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So back to Edwin. Edwin was born in 1833. He had uh, three siblings, two brothers and a sister. Spoiler alert. You know, one of the brothers was John Wilkes. Oh, uh, with, uh, <laughs> jumping ahead a little bit. He had uh, another brother. Was John the youngest? Yes. Yep. See, I knew it. I was yep. going to say their youngest or middle child. Yep. Had to act out somehow. Cindy or Marcia? <laughs> or Cin no, Cindy or Jan? John, did John. you kill Abe Lincoln? No, it was George. George Glass. <laughs> John, John, did you cut Edwin's hair when he was sleeping? Oh. I love my hair, John. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kill the president. All because of George Glass. All yeah. because oh, of George absolutely. Glass. Wow. wow. Was it a conspirator with you, John? George. His name was George. George Glass. George Glass. <laughs> See how history is so interrelated? Yeah. He's my culture. friend. Yeah. My boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Not like that. My friend who's a boy. <laughs> Father Junius. <laughs> Greg, are these your cigarettes in this uh, coat pocket? <laughs> you think Alice was looking at while he shot Abe Lincoln? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Hey, better, Mr. B! Yeah, better hurry up, Mr. B! <laughs> she, she was the guard outside that like went and got drunk on brandy across yeah, the street. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, she was a lush. <laughs> I was blowing Sam the Butcher. <laughs> well, it looks like the intermission crowd cleared out at the tavern. I guess I should go over now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, so, uh, so simple, that is. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, anyway, so he's got... Wish I understood Latin, Mr. Brady. <laughs> he was raining all day. Cousin Oliver is also involved in this conspiracy against our government. So, so okay, so Edwin had so we Edwin, siblings. We got John Wilkes, we've got Junius Brutus Jr., and then the sister, Asia. Nobody Booth. liked these children. Ooh, that's well, my favorite Steely Dan Junius kind of didn't. <laughs> Asia. Yeah, really? it was a tough relationship. Are you serious? He didn't he, like the kids? He, it's not that he he didn't not like them. Let's just... <laughs> That's what you want to hear about a parent. Yeah. He did not like his he kids. He did not like them. You know, and, and so growing up in Maryland, Edwin would, like, before he could even read, he would sit on tree limbs, like in the schoolyard, and start reciting full Shakespeare chapters. For all right. of these, you know, I'm sure enthusiastic. One of those uh, yeah, exactly. I think you asked me yesterday, who would I not want to sit next to in class? Oh, it yeah. would probably be Edwin. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Can you we imagine? get it. You know sonnets. <laughs> now learn how to spell cat. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, he was parroting his dad, obviously, because the 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 Booth boys didn't have an easy relationship with their father. And, and <laughs> Junius would, like, be out on tour for weeks at a time and then he would come home and the first thing he would do before like even hugging his kids hello is he'd be like reciting Shakespeare still yeah Jesus it got guy. old <laughs> it got old I'm sure How much Shakespeare can you recite dad I, I, right and so his neighbors were kind of like getting pissed off at him too because he just wouldn't quit it and <laughs> yeah and, he's like that neighbor that buys the boat <laughs> he was like instead of a hoarder you know, yeah, like exactly. the hoarder neighbor, like, oh, my God. We that... get it. You have a boat. It's in the driveway. <laughs> we get when it. You're it ever in the fucking ocean. Yeah. <laughs> it's always in the driveway. <laughs> well, you know, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Yeah. Art, art thou waiting? <laughs> thou art waiting to put vessel on said ocean. <laughs> <laughs> so these neighbors were like, they, they're actually like quotes from, from his neighbors at the time. Um and their descendants, and they're saying, like, yeah, we all remembered that Booth would, he just came home and would, like, mystify everyone, but he would ride his horse from his homestead in Bel Air all the way into Baltimore, reciting Shakespeare the entire time, and everyone that saw him go by called him peculiar. And that was how I wonder if there was people something described like, him. Like mental health with him. Well, there was. He was on fire, too, though. Yeah. <laughs> peculiar. Yeah. And uh, but I, seriously, though, with mental health, uh, there are theories that he would do this constantly in an effort to remain sober. Oh, really? Yeah, he had a huge alcohol problem. Oh, well, I, yeah, I hmm. and so constant recitation of Shakespeare perhaps was a way to divert his attention away from turning to the bottle. Julius, what's the weather today? Now is the winter of our discontent. <laughs> snow. He's going to snow, Julius. It's snowing. Just say it's snow. <laughs> Thou art not a meteorologist. <laughs> so, you know, he would come home and he would sit these kids down and hand them basically Shakespeare scripts and make them recite it and be like, no, 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 this is not how you do it because he was English and the English pronunciation was the proper way. So he was like beating so it into his... His he, kids. He forced these kids yeah. to act with him. Yes. Yeah, and it didn't end in childhood either. And so Edwin's sitting there, you know, like on the living room floor, and he's speaking, you know, like as an American would, and and his father was just disapproving this entire time, and yeah, it was just not a nice upbringing, you know? <laughs> but with all of this, his context, Junius Brutus didn't want any of his kids to become actors. Bullshit. He huh? didn't. Did he? Oh, you know why? 
I bet you he didn't want them better than him. Oh, absolutely. Could be. He was worried the kids were going to eclipse him. Yeah. I bet you that's what it was. Yeah. Well, he didn't want them to fall into the same vices that he fell into, and this was sort of his explanation. Like reciting Shakespeare every <laughs> fucking minute of every fucking day? Can you imagine? I, I'm surprised he didn't like name one of his kids Puck. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm Puck su- Everlasting. That was a Broadway show a couple years ago that was quite nice. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. I'm surprised, though, that he like did not name the kids Shakespearean yeah. characters. That's actually yeah. a really good point. Why did? That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It is weird. Can I ask you? Maybe you don't know the answer yeah. to this. Did he ever do anyone else besides Shakespeare? Was he a fan of like Greek tragedians or Christopher Marlowe? Or... Did he ever do like How to Succeed? He, he... Did he do musicals? Could he sing? Could he bow? He was yeah. a triple threat. Yeah, I was <laughs> he was gonna say he was the OG triple threat. Yes. Yeah. He, he was actually a soft shoe man, <laughs> a clogger. Yeah. Wow. Edwin, Asia, <laughs> take me up to Laduca. <laughs> I need some new tap shoes. I need new tap shoes and a pair of kid gloves. <laughs> Someone needs a new newsboy cap. I think I have an idea for an act. Edwin, Edwin, get to the piano and play my 16-bar cut of Lost in the Wilderness. <laughs> I don't want you to be actors. I want you to be my backup band. <laughs> Five, six, seven, eight. Edwin, remember when you audition. Never put the music in sheet protectors. The glare could throw off the accompanist. <laughs> Is that a real thing? No staples. Yeah. yeah. No, staples. no staples. No staples. Remember, with a highlighter, Edwin, mark a keychain. <laughs> Always now, thank your accompanist. Athia, remember, if they give you a note, it means they like you. <laughs> Don't shut down, Asia. <laughs> Put on those two-inch heels, nude. <laughs> Asia must have a jewel-toned dress. <laughs> we are going to showcase her. Nothing says mid-19th century Shakespeare than jewel-toned. I will uh. play on the harpsichord while she sings the girl in 14G. <laughs> Asia has a great range. <laughs> John Wilkes, you will play the role of Taylor the Latte Boy. Remember, like I said to you, Asia, do it like this. I'm Asia Booth from Baltimore, Maryland. Five, six. There should be a gypsy revival. Where Junius is Mama Ju- Mama Junius, <laughs> Papa Junius. <laughs> sing out, John Wilk, sing out! <laughs> Literally dying. That's a great idea. <laughs> I don't understand the context. <laughs> Poor Asia's in the cow costume, like, Mamo, Mamo. <laughs> well, I think we have a hit here, guys. Oh my God. This wow. is great. <laughs> Well, you know, the funny thing, like, great segue. Thank uh, you. you know, they, they hit the road together. They oh, really, really did. Really? Yeah, they started performing together. Dad and so son? he kind of was like... It's like well, the Osmonds. Gypsy Rose. Yeah, it, yeah, or, you know, Partridge Face. Yeah, right, yeah. Exactly. Except I don't think Donnie or Marie ever killed a president. <laughs> that we know as far of. that I know of. Yeah, but one of the younger ones. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's Warren true. G. Harding looked John Warren G. <laughs> I don't know. Where was Donnie and Marie when Warren G. Harding died? John Wilkes Osmond. <laughs> <laughs> When he was on the run, he changed it back to Booth. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
He was the I'm one. A little bit country. He, he was the Osmond with the mustache at fourteen. <laughs> what? Sorry. He was the. He was the Osmond with the mustache at fourteen. Oh. So so dad and son go on the road together. Dad and sons. Yeah. Sons. They, all, they all went. But I thought he didn't want them to be actors. Well, again, like he needs a scene partner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he sure did. And he needed money. <laughs> Yeah, so the first show where Edwin kind of got uh, recognition was a production of Richard III, oh. and it was in 1849, and so he was playing the role of Trestle, and admittedly, I've never read Richard III. I have, and I don't remember a Trestle. It was just a l- tiny bit part, I guess. Okay, okay. Um, and so, but he had, you know, a couple lines, and he received this great applause, you know, at the curtain call, and his dad, his dad played Richard III, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, and so, you know, he... He encouraged him. He was like, pat on the back, like, good job, boy. You know, that sort of thing. But not like a, wow, you were great. Like, was big you, daddy issues, you know, going on here. Let me ask you, you might not know the answer to this, but like, are there any diary accounts or newspaper accounts of if Junius was a good actor or not? Yeah. And by most accounts, he was until alcohol took over. Oh. Yeah. And that's sort of where he began his uh, decline. And, so Junius still was reluctant to have Edwin taking up acting as a full-time profession, um, but his name began to appear more and more around the, especially in the Northeast, in the country, you know, like Boston, New York, were, and like the big cities. Were they so, only doing Richard III, or was it like a rep where they no, had their they were other due, Shakespeare's to go through? They it? had a whole lot. And, and in fact, in those days, you might be performing Richard III one night, and then, t- you know, um, I don't know. Yeah, 12th the night, night, the next yeah. night. You know, like, uh, so you were... Also, then hairspray. Then hairspray uh, as a matinee. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and always Patsy Cline was a big yeah. one. John Junius would like, be playing. Good morning, Baltimore. Baltimore. Junius would be playing <laughs> Richard the Third. Then he would be playing Link Lake later. <laughs> Link Lake later. Link Larkin. Yeah, Link, Link Larkin. Link, Link, Link. <laughs> Link Larkin. That one. <laughs> you know. It's, it's a it's a sludge, but you get it. It was a great season it's for an... Asia. Yesterday <laughs> she played Juliet, and tomorrow she's playing Tracy Turnman. <laughs> oh, oh poor, poor Asia. She never really had anything to do with the story. I won't call her Asia. I'll just call her Asia. 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 That's how Junius would have probably told Asia. her that it was pronounced. Come here. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, Junius, he kind of lost control of his drinking habit. And he became totally unpredictable in these performances and just got, like, super reckless. So, it's um, like the Daniel Day-Lewis of acting. Well, <laughs> yeah. Like My a... left foot. No, seriously. <laughs> I, think I have it... gout. Yes. If... Uh, can someone take a look at this? If music be the food of love, get me another drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This poor man, you know? Like, oh. He had... So he's like... he. By all accounts, he actually started causing like complete chaos on stage in these shows. But I will say he did get into AA, which was pretty nice. He and did. Then he was credited as Julius B. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Wasn't it Bo- Julius Brutus or uh, uh, Junius Brutus Booth? So JB. Junius BB. JB like the alcohol. <laughs> JB Booth. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, so, it's, so this man. Yeah, he just uh, lost control. Because I understand that. <laughs> um, bec- and so what he tr- happened? He tried. There was one <laughs> performance of Hamlet where he just suddenly left a scene with the actress playing Ophelia and just like left the stage. <laughs> and so like, you know, in the wings of the theater, there's like scaffolding and he just like scurried up the ladder and like crouched down and wouldn't come down. And they had to call his manager and like <laughs> go up and like retrieve him from the scaffolding. 
I saw Matthew Broderick do that once in a performance. <laughs> but maybe it's the same thing. <laughs> Brighton Beach memoirs was crazy. <laughs> yeah, so things went from bad to worse, right? And uh, he actually booked a sold-out performance in Richmond uh, on this same tour, and he just disappeared. And they found him, like, in the gutter several days later. Drunk? Yeah. Oh. And just ragged. There, you know, he was like in all of these low life sort of places. Oh, yeah, 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 it got sad. At one point, he tried to stab someone on stage, like during a, a performance. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let me say, in his defense, working with Ray, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was in. He, he did a lot of Richard the Third, and so the actor. <laughs> he, that's the only show. Well, he did it in rep. He did yeah. Richard the Third in rep with Richard the Third. He did the non-actor. He did the non-actor of Richard the <laughs> Third. I have fifty points. <laughs> I will join this union. <laughs> yeah. So he did like the dueling scene with the Earl of Richmond. He he got too aggressive and like they were kind of using like real swords back yeah, then. Of course, so of they course. like almost stabbed the guy to the point where the other actor left this stopped performing the show. He's like, I don't feel comfortable with this guy. He's a maniac. And then in a production of Othello, but, but they kept Junius. They though. kept <laughs> And in a production of Othello where they just did all the lines from Richard the <laughs> Third. They didn't know. They didn't know. The audience didn't know. Oh, oh, that's Shakespeare. He pretty one no pony there. <laughs> just did the same thing over and over again. You told me we were going to see hairspray. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up, Cora. <laughs> oh, my God. So at one point, he's doing Othello, maybe Richard III. We don't know. But he's in the scene with Desdemona. And she had to be rescued by oh the rest of the cast because he was actually suffocating her. What like, the to fuck death. is wrong with this I man? He was losing it. You know? He was completely losing it. Write him up on charges. But he made the audience weep. <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> like witnessing a murder. Yeah, yeah that's why. <laughs> they just wanted to see hairspray. <laughs> so anyway. So when does Edna come out? <laughs> Did you say Edwin? <laughs> Edna! Oh, I thought you said Edwin. Edwin. <laughs> and Edwin from Mary Poppins comes out. <laughs> I'm flying on the ceiling. Twithy, twithy! <laughs> so he would have been a good Edna. Actually, yeah. Oh, so Edwin did come <laughs> to the to the main stage, right? His father was his fading, uh, and uh, he he played his first leading role, Richard the um, Third, in April of eighteen fifty one, and so that afternoon, that afternoon, his father, who was also in the production, said he wasn't going to go on because you know he was he was down and out. Yeah, shit to do. Yeah, and I'm sure he was facing several like lawsuits. Yes, I was gonna... it's, it's like you know when an understudy like gets to like go on for a role, and they're like, oh, "I've been preparing for this my whole life." Well, he literally had been preparing for the role of Richard the Third for yeah. his Entire whole life. life. Like he knew. Th- so literally, he's like, "I've been preparing for this." Yeah. My, but... No, seriously, please just let me on the yeah. stage. You know what's messed up about this? What is that? I misspoke earlier. He actually wasn't called on stage to play Richard the Third. He was playing Gloucester. Ah! <laughs> Even better. Yeah. And he's All like, right, Edwin. Oh, we need shit. you. Richard I know the all the third. tracks. I've been no for Gloucester. Uh, I've been preferring that too. All right. I know them all. Yes. Put on a swing. <laughs> they put on a swing. <laughs> so this is the point where they they parted ways professionally. Edwin and Junius, right? And they started kind of doing things more independently, um, and still like really no encouragement. And they said, you know what? Let's have one last little like reunion tour in California. And so they went uh, out west. Yeah, California. I'm breaking those movies. (laughs) 
So they uh, they were playing San Francisco. I think they were playing Sanford and Son. <laughs> like, oh. No, they were playing Richard the Third. Rob, <laughs> Lamont, get your ass in here, Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth, I'm coming for you. <laughs> and that that was the last time they really performed together, you know. And and Edwin, or excuse me, Junius Brutus left, just left Edwin on his own, like in California? fend for yourself. And yeah, and it was wow. like make your way back to Maryland, fine. And like there's, you know, I, Edwin didn't have jet blue mosaic uh <laughs> not, membership you not could, an easy was... time to get across the country no back then. no you had to go around cape horn <laughs> <laughs> you had to go around cape horn yeah touche <laughs> and let me tell you it wasn't fun wasn't easy going around cape horn <laughs> <laughs> yeah so edwin kind of struck out on his own and he actually stayed in california for a little bit okay yeah hitting up big towns you know and let Barstow. us not forget, Barstow. He, he, yeah. he did have a recurring on Cheers for a little bit. <laughs> he did. Well, that's when he joined SAG-AFTRA. That's uh, when he joined sag I'm playing Norm's friend from England. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, yes. No, it's fine. But and, and when uh, Junius left them, he left them penniless. You know, this was a time in the early 1850s. Inflation was going up. He had made some really bad bets gambling in <laughs> San Francisco and him? just really? like, let everything go. Well, that's surprising and to me. And then he took so off. Logical. He took off. Like a pat on the back. Good luck, son. He's getting father of the year, this guy. Mm, I, yeah. I've heard about this gold rush <laughs> up here <laughs> in Northern California. <laughs> yes, but it's 52, not 49, mm. so I might be behind <laughs> the ball. <laughs> I got the paper no late. <laughs> I've got uh, my pick. I'm up three years late, but there has to be plenty of gold. <laughs> Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, Edwin kind of, like, had nothing really financially going for him at this point. So he, so he set off to who? Excuse me. He set off to Hawaii. Wow. Performed there for a while. Yeah. That's at the time, smart. it was known as the Sandwich Islands. Really? Yeah. Um, and he started performing uh, internationally Hamlet, which would become the mainstay of his career, was playing that role. Okay. You know? Couldn't do any more Richard the Third. Yeah, he was I devastated when he was like offered him. the role of Gloucester instead. I do not. <laughs> said, I can't do this. I yeah. told my agent I can't keep doing this. <laughs> yeah. So one, one more time. He thought he had escaped that fate, right? And but yeah. he made his debut in New York at this uh, this big theater in May of 1857. At this point, and the theater owner was like, "Yeah, you know the Hamlet thing. Uh, let's we're gonna do Richard the Third. And they literally offered him the, that role again. This and so son we, of a I, I know. bitch. Can you imagine? I picture Alan Rickman in Galaxy Quest. Remember that? Oh, the yeah. guy is just kidding. so good. So he starts building up a big reputation, uh, and he starts breaking away from his father's performance style, which I'll get a little more into in a, in a minute. Um, he started, sober. Play- he sober. <laughs> yeah. He started playing uh, lots of cities in the Northeast, you know, Boston, New York, Philadelphia, but then he also went to London and was playing the West End. Yeah, I know. And so, uh, he's in Phantom. Yeah, he was making a ton of money at this time. Um, you know, at the height of his career, a little bit after this, he was bringing in like sixty thousand dollars a week. Wow. And, yeah. And and this was a time when part of your you know deal was you got huge box office yeah. percentages yeah. at that point. Um, that's yeah. like amazing. That's I mean I don't even think like Broadway actors make that a um, week now. No, <laughs> yeah. Like God, big it's name. insane. So uh, he was uh, still kind of on and off performing with uh, his brothers as well. And the last time that he performed with them was actually in 1864. And Booth remembered this as one of the most memorable memorable nights of his career. And he performed with John Wilkes and with uh, Junius Brutus Jr. 
and they performed Julius Caesar. And uh, Junius Brutus Jr. was Cassius, Edwin was Brutus, and John Wilkes was Mark Antony. Interesting mm-hmm. cast of characters, wow. huh? Wow. Yeah, J-Lo's husband. The theater was standing room only. It was a huge, huge night, and they all received tremendous applause. Now, John Wilkes, we have to talk about John Wilkes, right? We got to kind of get into that a little bit. He was like on and off performing over this decade with, with Edwin, because like I mentioned earlier, Edwin kind of went off and did his own thing. So John Wilkes had a really hard time sort of breaking in, and even though he bore the name Booth, which was, should have just been like a key to unlock the door, he wasn't necessarily a great actor. And uh, he started playing all of these bit parts. And so you'd call it like a repertory ensemble nowadays, mm-hmm. but they were called supernumeraries yeah. back then, right? And so, and soups for short, actually, is what they called them. <laughs> but wow. fun fact, research playing turns up chowder. a lot of fun stuff. <laughs> Do you know, I'm, I am a professor of theater and I did not know they were called soups. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Penn State. There you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so and he, he had this hard time breaking in, and he always wanted to be like this handsome cavalier because he was like the sexiest man alive in his day, you know? This is John. John Wilkes, right. I will say, I have seen photos of John Wilkes Booth. He was a very attractive Devilishly guy. handsome. Like Michael Cerberus. I would have swept, right? So even as a <laughs> member of this, <laughs> even as a member of this family, you know, he just would get mixed reviews. So in fact, there was one night in Baltimore where he sort of made his debut in more of like a intermediate kind of role like a supporting character and everyone else was just like thunderous applause at curtain call he came out for his bow and was hissed <laughs> really oh, this yeah guy. Okay. so like he's being tormented by this he just wants to be of the booth family his brother's like making a name for himself his father is who his father was and now he's like playing a tree stage left you know like in richard the third don't worry he'll be remembered <laughs> yeah yeah and uh and be- because of this you know he's trying to take what he can get in terms of acting jobs. The reason why Edwin became so well-liked, mostly for Hamlet, was the acting style was beginning to change in the mid-19th century. So in his father's generation, it was more of like that bombastic, melodramatic, like, over-the-top sort of performance, right? Yeah, so Edwin was taking that style and turning it into much more of like a method acting thing. And people had never seen Shakespeare performed in this way. It, you know, even when you, people go to see Shakespeare nowadays, you really have to focus and like figure out what they're saying, unless you're super well-versed in how this was written. And that was also true of this melodramatic first half of the 19th century style of acting. And that's kind of why that acting style existed, was to over-the-top sort of explain and yeah. gesture things to audiences. Edwin took a different approach. Edwin was much more like kind of close up in your face, more conversational, and people ate this shit up. And they were like, wow, this is like an actual conversation that I can understand as it might have existed between these two characters. Hmm. And the crowds just ate it up. He sold out every theater he was playing. And like I said, he was making bank in the meantime. Because of this difference between the, the brothers' booth Edwin was getting to play the more populated cities in the North. He was playing New York, Boston, Philadelphia, Chicago. John Wilkes was taking the sort of second-rate Southern cities. Mm. And 
So he's playing down in Baltimore, you know, outside of Washington, Richmond, uh, down into the Carolinas. But when he's playing things, is he in a leading role or is he still in that supernumerary? He ended up getting into some leading roles in like these third string. But like by name. like it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And, and his acting style was nothing like Edwin's. He was more of like the rip your shirt off and like let's have a duel type of a thing and yeah, make ladies yeah. swoon. Yeah. And so because of this, you know. John Wilkes, uh, after the shows, you know, like, what do people do after theater? They go out and have a drink. So John Wilkes is in places like Richmond on the eve of the Civil War. And he's, like, rubbing mm-hmm. elbows with, you know, future Confederate sympathizers. Yeah, and so, yeah. you know, he's just, like, explaining his theory. He's got, he's got this pent-up anger and frustration with his personal life and his family life and his career. And then, you know, Edwin Booth is talking to who would become staunch unionists and abolitionists in these northern cities and gaining wow. the respect yeah. of politicians. And so this is where the brothers kind of went their separate ways. And so that's why this was such an important night in 1864 when they did Julius Caesar. It was the last time that they performed together. And it was really one of the last times they even saw each other. So in, in that same year, in 1864, there's kind of a, uh, one of history's twists of fate, right? So... Robert Todd Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln's son, was on... Bobby T. Yeah, that's what they called him. Yeah, Big Bobby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big Bobby T. Big Bobby T. He was on his way to D.C., and he was on a train platform in New Jersey, just across from New York. I actually think it was in Trenton. But um, he, there were a ton of people. There were, like, shipping tro- you know, troops south to the, to the front. There were um, just people packing into this train platform. No one really recognized who Robert Todd Lincoln was um, because he was in a Union Army uniform. He was like an aide-de-camp um, and uh, was, it was heading back to D.C. And so the crush of the crowd like, was pushing him kind of up against the, the train car, and the train starts moving, and he lost his footing. It kind of whirled him around, and he fell in between the train car and the platform and like his upper body couldn't fall all the way down, so he was like stuck and was going to be crushed to death by this moving train. And he fell on the back of his, his uniform. This guy picked him up out of there and saved his life. And he said he turned around and he recognized this guy in a second. It was Edwin Booth. Wow. Edwin Booth saved Lincoln's son. Wow. Yeah. And Holy shit. Edwin didn't know who it was at the time. He didn't, even, he didn't recognize Robert Todd, but Robert Todd recognized Edwin. That's in, that's crazy. It's fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. That's right? mind blowing. So of course, this is when the tragedy happens a few months later, right? Everyone knows. And when Julius returns <laughs> to Richard the Third is the tragedy <laughs> we're talking about. Junior, Junius Brutus Booth Jr. finally had his chance, right? Yeah. I'm Richard the Fourth now. <laughs> so when news broke to the nation. The rest of the Booth family were staunch unionists, and Edwin was kind of like the leader of that that sentiment and that pack. And they were they were devastated, right? They're like, "This how how do we explain this to the rest of the nation? What do we do?" And they kind of went into crisis mode. And have you ever actually researched the manhunt of John Wilkes Booth? Years ago, yeah, it's really remind, fascinating. Remind I mean, it was like a twelve day long affair, I think. And anyway, and I saw assassins. There, yeah, that's all you need to know. Yeah. yeah, it's covered in assassins, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yes. God forgive me what I think. <laughs> yeah. Fun fact, though, this is how an actor goes out of life, right? When they finally pinned John Wilkes Booth in this tobacco barn in Virginia, they were looking through, like, the slats of the wall of the barn, and he was inside. They set the barn on fire, but he still had, like, the broken leg from when he leapt off the balcony at Ford's Theater. 
and they the this Union sergeant thought he could see John Wilkes raising a, a rifle, and so he just shot him, and it, he shot him through the throat, and it paralyzed him from the neck down, and they like dragged him out. He was still alive for a little bit, and he was propped up, and he asked one of the soldiers to show him his hands, like his own hands, and so the soldier lifted up his ha- John Wilkes' hands in front of his face, and he said, useless, useless, and then he died. Wow. Right? Yeah. This family is, there's a lot going on here. So That's disturbing. I know. So Edwin ended up writing a letter <laughs> to the American public about this, and it was either published in the New York Times or the New York Herald or Tribune, well, you know, like one of them, and it basically said, uh, we've, we disown our brother, you know, like, we had no part in this, he's clearly had years of instability and this and that, and he retired from the stage wow. for a time, yeah. He withdrew. I mean, he was ashamed. He was humiliated, and he thought his career was over right at the height of it. Um, but then after a, a year or so, people, the public demanded him back. And his closest friend said, yeah, man, you got to get back up there on the stage. Like, you got to do, you, look, you got to do either Richard III or Hamlet. <laughs> We've got a sold-out crowd in Boston next week. Edwin has done nothing wrong in this situation. I understand. Yeah. Good for Edwin. Yeah. Get back on that horse. Get on the horse. And he did. He did. He, did. <laughs> he got back on that horse. My kingdom for a horse. Yeah. So he reopened at the Winter Garden Theater. Ooh. As Hamlet. Just like cats. cats. Yeah. <laughs> yum, meow. <laughs> Edwin Booth, now and forever. <laughs> he was cast as Mr. Mistopheles originally. Yep, exactly. So, yeah. I'll play Gus the Theater Cat. Oh, wow. How I'd never, ever. A cat so clever. <laughs> As magical mysteries. Jellicles can, cause jellicles do. <laughs> yes, Buster for Jones. Yes, Buster for Jones. All skin and bones. Asia, you will play Rumple Teaser. Oh, again? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Papa. Why can't I be Mungo Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> You're not Mungo Jerry. John's ashes in an urn will be Mungo Jerry. <laughs> So obviously his return to the stage, he's getting all this applause, and he just starts making a shit ton more money. He finally opens his own theater, um, sort of the his namesake now, the Booth Theater, right in, yeah. in oh, Manhattan. Yeah. It's yeah. named after it's Edwin. The first theater with booths. It, it, <laughs> he also started the first uh, Denny's with that had <laughs> oh. booths as well. <laughs> yeah. Mm, I want the world to taste moons over my hammy. <laughs> yes. I've thought of something. A bird. A super bird. Turkey. <laughs> cheese. Wonderfully toasted bread. Put it on the menu. Put a picture of it so people understand how wonderful it looks. Back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> we should invite Mary Todd as our first guest. <laughs> now, don't comp everything. <laughs> She wanted the Grand Slam, but we 86'd it earlier. No, no, no. (laughs) This is all going terribly. She asked for extra bacon. We gave her one piece and told her she better like it. But enjoy. Sorry, Mrs. Lincoln. Anyway, how was the play? (laughs) Mary Todd is actually the reason why we started giving the silver cup full of the extra milkshake, because she said, I know that there was extra milkshake left over that did not fill this glass. And we realized it's actually a pretty good idea. (laughs) 
Thanks, Mary. Yeah, Sorry, thank we... you, Mary Todd. Sorry, our brother killed your husband. <laughs> <laughs> we owe you one. We owe you one. <laughs> Enjoy the extra whipped cream topping. Thanks. So, so, so we're going back. He's he's he owns his own theater. He's doing great, and uh, he's more wealthy than he's ever been at this point. He's living in Manhattan. Um, he wants to have one of these beautiful brownstone mansions. Um, so he finds one that was built a couple of decades before um, for a merchant, and he, he purchased it, but he, he kind of gutted the whole thing. And this is like a time where you could say, hey, buddy, Stanford White, will you just come do me a favor at my house? They were, they were pals. And, of course, Stanford White, famous architect, he was going to do a favor. Like, it would be like if George Clooney was like, hey, will you give me a, I don't know, what would you give George Clooney, Rob? Back massage? Ooh. Yeah, I would touch George Clooney. Yeah. I would take him and his best friend, Richard Kind, out to dinner at Denny's. <laughs> and Do you, you would... know that? Do you know that George Clooney's best friend is Richard Kind? <laughs> I did not know. No. I'm afraid I didn't. Listen to our Batman and Robin episode, yeah, and you'll get, you'll get the full story. <laughs> and some great bits. Can you make a table for bits. three? Shut up, Mary Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Yummy meme, George and Richard. So he has this fabulous house, right? And uh, kind of the thing to do back then was to join uh, social clubs, right? Like gentlemen's social clubs. Buena Vista. Right, yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So he puts in all these applications uh, to to move about in high society. Everyone knew who this guy was, right? So he tries to join like the Union League and, uh, you know, I don't know. It, all of the clubs, I guess, that existed yeah, back yeah, then, yeah. right? Yeah, there were and he was, tons of gentlemen. Yeah, clubs. and he was rejected from every single one. Spearmint Rhino. Because, <laughs> Spearmint Rhino. That's a gentleman's club. That's a different type of gentleman's club. Oh. Uh, so, because... Because he was an actor. Even yeah. though he was, like, a super celebrity, he couldn't move in the same circles as, like, you know, Wall Street tycoons. So and... it had nothing to do with the fact that his brother killed the president. No, because it was very well known at this point that they had nothing to do with with It's the with fact that. that, hey, you're an actor. Yeah, you're like a harlot of the street. That man <laughs> murdered like... someone. Yes, but you're an actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah, you heard me. And he got off. <laughs> but you know what I don't understand about that? Aren't these people the ones that's denying him access? Aren't they the ones that go and see him perform? Oh, yeah. Aren't they the ones who pay to watch him? You'd probably get comps. They don't want to hang out with them. That's true. Yeah. You ever see an actor yeah. eat? <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's like, don't break that fourth wall. No. <laughs> and so uh, he's like, you know what? Fuck all of you, Good right? I'm going to start my own club. Good he starts his him. club in the 1880s, on New Year's Eve, 1888, 1889, called The Players, which actually sounds much more like Hustlers, right, when you were yeah. looking. But anyway, so he starts it, and his idea was, you know what? We're going to open like this social strata to people in theater, but we're also going to welcome in people that have money to fund the arts and sort of like let those two wow. classes of people rub elbows and exchange ideas and foster creativity. And 200 years later, yeah, it's all still happening. Yeah. Brody, do you know anyone who's a member of the Players Club? Well, thank you for asking, Rob. I am. It's a plug for my, uh, <laughs> my favorite place. But yeah, it's, that... it's still around, actually. It's so what does the Players Club do now? Exactly what Edwin Booth set out to have it do. It still fulfills the same thing. I mean, we have members from across film, television, theater. So you're actually you are our part, a member mm, of. Oh, yeah. awesome! Yeah. Oh, cool. He Brody invited me once. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, to become a member. But it was a very high initiation fee, if I remember. Yeah, yeah. I think. Well, I got the, like the under thirty-five membership. Oh yeah, I ain't yeah. getting that. <laughs> Do they have an under seventy-five? Mm, I'll check. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, it's a it's a neat spot. And so, 
describe like you walk into that club. Oh, it's who do grand. You talk to? What do you do? You just sit down at a table and start talking to people. How does yeah, this work? And it's always been laid out the same way. You, you step downstairs into the grill, it's called, and that's kind of like more of the informal place where you can be a little more rough and tumble, play billiards. And, and but so it's always been laid out in the same way. It's instead of having individual tables, it kind of has like church pew benches mm-hmm. and then like a really long table. And so you're encouraged to go there and sit with strangers. Okay. And it's completely acceptable to like just sit down next to a stranger and strike up conversation and really? just have a drink together. Yeah. Say so like, what do you do? Oh, I'm an actor. What do you do? Oh, I'm a lawyer. And then, oh, you know what? Have you seen anything? Yeah. Oh, I saw you in that last week. And it still works that way. And they put on all sorts of readings of new plays yeah. and that kind of stuff. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I've seen some shows there. I've yeah. Seen some shows there. So he founded this this club, you know, in his house. Um, and it is a grand, palatial, opulent sort of environment. Gramercy Park? Gramercy Park, yeah. In New York. Yeah. And when he founded the club, in the, uh, it was New Year's Eve, 1888 to 1889, he had an interesting group of people that were sort of the founding members, including, oddly enough, William Tecumseh Sherman, the general from the Civil War, right? But <laughs> it's so odd like that he would found this club with the guy whose brother shot the yeah. commander in chief, you know, and Mark Twain was a founding member. And oh. so like a lot of really, inf- and uh, Joseph Jefferson was one of like the big character yes. actors yes. of the yeah. day. Yeah. George the Jeff dad. awards in Chicago. I don't yes. know if that rings a bell named yeah. for him. Yeah. And anyway, so he, George Jefferson, did you say George <laughs> Jefferson? His dad. Oh, his dad. Yeah. And Wheezy Jefferson. Yeah. His father-in-law. Big supporter. Um, What did George. you, did you, so no, did you crazy. join the play? Uh, w- when you started learning about Booth, was that before you joined the Players Club, or did your membership to the Players Club spark an interest in the Booth? No, I kind of knew about, well, I certainly knew about John Wilkes, right? But I knew about Edwin sort of like on the periphery. Sure. So Booth was still living at, when he turned into, uh, turned his house into the club, right? And sort of as this transfer of the house to them, he had this clause in that contract that said, listen, uh, for the rest of my life, I'm going to retain an apartment upstairs, and I'm going to live there. And you guys can have your parties downstairs, no problem. We'll we'll make this our clubhouse. But I'm I'm there, and when I pass away, I don't want my bedroom to be changed until the end of time. Was what he said. Yeah. And so we'll get back to that in a second. But so at the end of his life, Booth was like a big community guy, and he was using his money in very benevolent ways. He was big into sort of the beautification of parks in the area. I mean, this house is right on Gramercy Park. Um, He was big into, like, providing money for, you know, gaslighting and just, like, a civically-minded human being. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, Just using his money for the greater good. So in this room, this apartment that that he lived in until his death in 1893, he has a wall that has John Wilkes Booth's photograph on it. And just underneath it is a photograph of his first wife. He didn't have luck with marriage. They, un- they kept dying. Like, he had a tragic life, you know? It's like the drummers in Spinal Tap. Yeah. <laughs> and so in his, in his memoirs, he referred to that wall as his wall of shame. And it's oh, the only Jesus. place in his house that you'll find a picture of John Wilkes. And he said that every morning he got out of his bed and he would look at that wall first thing and he would say, today I'm going to strive to make the world a better place because they made it a worse off place. Intense, right? Did his wife 
die or did he leave her? She was poisoned. No. <laughs> he yeah, she passed away. <laughs> but he, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say he left he She left him or something, and that's why he's bitter. No, he was bitter because I guess she was just not a nice person. <laughs> you know, now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> this, this is very sad. It's macabre, right? This is a very sad life. Yeah. This, I, I'm going to make a world a better place because these people did Yeah, there's not. a reason why he never performed like a comedy of errors. I was going to say, you know? is there any comedy Have you ever rest? met an actor? <laughs> the, you're right. They like to wallow. It's the worst. We're the worst fucking people in the world. I love this hot wall of shame idea. I hear this, I'm like, oh, okay. I feel you. Yeah. Don't be on your wall of shame. I feel you, Ed. No, I don't want to get into it. I need a bigger wall. My picture's there, isn't it? No. You made me a mural, didn't no. you? No. A mosaic. <laughs> mosaic. <laughs> the tiles of your broken dreams <laughs> make one big mosaic. <laughs> you, you said something about... Sorry, I don't know if you're going to back to this, how sure. they kept the... This, uh, is, the this, ap- is, this is my first wife. <laughs> this is John Wilkes Booth, my brother. And that's Bernie Telsey. <laughs> he didn't give me any callbacks for Book of Mormon. <laughs> oh, shame. Damn it. I would have been a wonderful Elder McKinley. <laughs> <laughs> Is it bad that my first thought when you said that they, he wanted the room to be the same as, like, mm. chamber pots and everything? <laughs> well, you're not too far off the mark, actually. They haven't touched the room. Since he died in 1893. Are you allowed to go into the room? You are. It's There's like a roped off, you know, like you go to like a museum or, you know, there's a roped off section. Do they like vacuum it or dust it? They like it? dust it from time to time, but it's still like pretty dusty. And it, you go in and the first thing you notice is like that old smell. And it smells still like pipe tobacco, which he smoked feverishly in that room. Wow. It's like ingrained into the old wallpaper. That's crazy. Yeah. And so, Booth, what? yeah, it's he has like all of his props. Um, he has like this object that he loved. It, he, his daughter, who he was, uh, he adored. Her name was, <laughs> her name was Edwina, named after Edwin. This family's fucked up. <laughs> this is a fucked up family. <laughs> I think Asia, you know, actually she became a writer. She did okay. Asia did yeah, okay. She did fine. But uh, yeah, so he's like got this little bronze cast of like him holding hands with his little daughter, and it's just where he left everything. In fact, his slippers are beside the bed where he left them when he crawled into bed when he died. So he died in his sleep. He died. No, he didn't. Well, he he suffered a stroke, and he was kind of like in and out. So you remember how John Wilkes Booth went out in a very dramatic way, Uh and this is how Edwin went out. It was a summer day. And this is 1893, so some of like the more opulent, well-to-do homes in Manhattan are starting to have electric light. So Edwin's house did. It was like you know, kind of sketchy wiring and probably a huge fire hazard. But there was a huge summer New York thunderstorm rolling through, this violent thunderstorm. And Edwina was gathered around uh, with family members by his bedside, and they knew that he might be on his way out. And he was kind of in and out of consciousness, and there was a huge clap of thunder. And at that moment the lights went out, like, you know, it was just rattled. And Edwina, (laughs) I can't say her name without smiling. Edwina allegedly cried out, oh God, please do not let father go out in the dark like this. And the lights kind of glowed back on for a second and Edwin took his final breath and then they went out and he was gone. That's magical. Yeah. Wow. Yep. He knew about theater. (laughs) Yeah, he sure did. (laughs) Leave a ghost light on. No, he probably told her, Edwina. The light switches over in the corner. You, you, you flick it off. You say standby switch. <laughs> then you say go switch. 
And then in the dark, say your line. Oh, Father. Oh, God. Don't let Father go out like this. All right. This is fine. If we can. Okay. This will be fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, and then you say, go lights. And I'll wake up. And I die. Put this headset on. <laughs> Take a beat. And then house lights up. Take a beat. House lights up. And no curtain call. Give it a flicker, though. Give it a flicker. Give it just a little flicker. Thank you so much. Can we do a chandelier crashing? Yeah, is that, po- is that possible? Now let me take off my slippers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then Edwina, preset for tomorrow. <laughs> and Edwina, remember, do not seat latecomers. <laughs> Edwina, do not touch props that aren't yours. <laughs> Those are my slippers. <laughs> Leave the tape around the props. <laughs> Leave the tape around the props. Edwina, I was about to die. I didn't even get a five-minute call. <laughs> I had to prep, Edwina. Uh, we're going to be holding for cast, holding for <laughs> cast. And then he, in heaven, he was like, well, how was the gross? <laughs> <laughs> Richard III isn't going to pay Stanford White's bills. Nope. Who's replacing me in this? <laughs> Gil good? <laughs> Sorry, audience. Oh, we have Nathan Lane. Oh. oh he'd be a... I am Richard III. <laughs> Hello? My father before me, Richard II, and his father before him, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry Zachs directs Richard III with Nathan Lane. Ah! Oh, I have to say what? <laughs> I, want, I want Jerry Seinfeld as Richard II. Oh, well, I think I know what I'm going to name my son. Richard... <laughs> The fun! <laughs> Gloucester! What are you doing, Gloucester? <laughs> actually, Jerry Seinfeld doing Richard III? It's actually not a bad idea. Yeah, I know. Why would you want a horse? <laughs> Wouldn't you want a plane or a car? There's a whole rail system in the city. But, you know. And he was really good because I will say that uh, he died at 7 o'clock that night, but <laughs> before did a 3 o'clock death, which is also just quite as good. Yeah. Matinee yeah. crowd. <laughs> Must they talk? <laughs> Must they talk during the matinee? <laughs> Edwina, who was unwrapping candies? <laughs> Poor Edwina. Was... Edwina's like on the follow spot. And yeah. then she's, he's like, get down here. Edwina, <laughs> from waist to head. <laughs> waist to head. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, a writer. Edwina. She said she's a writer. What is this, for school credit? <laughs> Come on, Edwina. <laughs> Too low! <laughs> My feet are not doing anything! Waver? I'm on the waver circuit? <laughs> what are we waving? Talent? <laughs> is that what gets waved here? <laughs> hey, the doctor, he's gone. You don't have lines here. <laughs> No improvising. What is this, Del Close? <laughs> what sort of downtown BS is this? <laughs> We're not yes ending, you cuck. <laughs> he ruined my moment. <laughs> Flicker the goddamn lights again. Ah! <laughs> I will not go out under five. The last thing hearing is a supernumerary. <laughs> Quiet soup! Shut your soup mouth! 
you stupid mouth. Well, Brody. <laughs> and that was the Booth Saga. <laughs> wow. <laughs> poor Edwin. Yeah, poor Edwin. Oh. Huh? Oh, but, you know, God, God bless him, because that guy, he, I mean, to me, can you imagine, like, the next day, it's like, hey, hey, didn't your brother kill the president? <laughs> yeah. And you're like. Yeah, he went through some shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he did. That was him. And can yeah. I get the name for the coffee? <laughs> uh, it's Edwin Booth. Booth? Wow. Are you related to that crazy man who killed the president? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we are far different sides. Oh, wow, man. What a sad day. Here, I'll give you extra foam. Yes, I, uh, yes thank you. <laughs> I was going to ask if I could have more foam. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. It's been a, been a tough 24. <laughs> How's your wife? Ooh. <laughs> Dad, oh. she was a bitch. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I'd like to show you my wall sometime. Uh, how's your father? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, you know, have you joined any clubs lately? This is half-calf, right? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I would love to talk, but I have to sit here and learn my death lines. <laughs> we just got rewrites. <laughs> I've got the blue sheets. <laughs> I don't understand why I need a new page. The last line was, I'm dying. Now it's dying. Yeah. I don't need a new page. I can cross out the I'm. I don't want the goldenrod sheet. <laughs> Just tell me. I'm a professional. Yeah. <laughs> it's a punctuation change. You motherfucker. <laughs> I'm sitting here with a rainbow phone book for one line. Edwina. We have to freeze this. <laughs> I have to settle into my performance. Aesir, <laughs> run lines with me. <laughs> Go downstage. Now, the other downstage! <laughs> Had I not taught you a goddamn thing in these years, your father would be oh, so beside himself. To trade places with my brother. <laughs> His hands, useless. My kin, useless. <laughs> Very tight of the time. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, I learned a lot. Oh. I certainly learned a lot. Well, well, I'm I glad. I didn't know any of this. So, Brody, thank you so much for teaching us about the world of Edwin Booth and all the Booths. <laughs> all the Booths. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I think we've just got you kicked out of the players. Club. I think this might be my time. <laughs> this and, might be. Yeah. And if you have a favorite Booth. Go ahead and leave us a comment. And if you have a favorite booth performance that you saw, <laughs> yeah. let us know what it was. Or who has the best booths? <laughs> Coco's. Coco's does have a good booth. Coco's has a really comfy booth. Yeah. Denny's, the booths aren't so comfy. No, because they know that. Because you can't have comfy booths. You're going to have a lot of traffic because mm. the booths will have to be replaced. I mean, they were also designed by Mary Todd in like 1866, it's, as we true. spoke about, you know. That's true. Yeah. So, I've been years. having a really downtime. Just go with this design. <laughs> I'm wondering if maybe I could help out a little bit. and <laughs> My kids say it'll be good for me to get out of the house. More cough, hon? <laughs> More cough. <laughs> what show did you all finish at your high school? <laughs> I used to like going to theater, but, well, you know, my husband's head was blown off in front of me in the theater, and the play was horrible. <laughs> that Laura Keene... <laughs> She should not be my American cousin. <laughs> what show did you all do? <laughs> Almost Maine. Do you know our American cousin? <laughs> or 
Hairspray? <laughs> oh, you look like you could be a Tracy. <laughs> Can you believe a table of ten? A dollar tip. Mary Todd inflation hasn't happened. A dollar is quite good. <laughs> it's, 18, it's 1874. These people are horrible people. I'm not coming in tomorrow. <laughs> Flo's taking my shift. <laughs> I need a break. Miguel and I are going to go bowling with some, <laughs> of the, with some of the short order cooks if anyone wants to join. Oh, there comes table three again. <laughs> Complaining about their toast. <laughs> too hard, too soft. <laughs> I said if you don't like it, you can eat it home. And now I have to go speak to HR. <laughs> H.R. McGivens. <laughs> <laughs> He's a saucy one. <laughs> Can someone give me a ride? My camera's in the shop. <laughs> well, Brody, I've learned a lot about the booths. And so, the so have I, frankly. And, and the Players Club, oh, just about everything. Yeah. yeah. So, friends, if you if you have a favorite booth performance in a sub, we're curious <laughs> to know what you saw and why you're still alive. Look at the bootlegs <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> But slime tutorial booth. I think our bootleg guy has some bootleg. I booth. think PJ has them. Yeah, yeah PJ, PJ has some. PJ has yeah. some. I have our American cousin. Yeah. Uh, it's categorized under force or snuff film. Yeah. It was actually the night before, so I got full performance. Yeah, it gets a little shaky. Uh, and the ending's kind of unfinished. Yeah. And some guy starts yelling out in Latin. Yeah, oh no, it's kind of weird. All right, Brody, thank you so much. Uh, thank you guys so much. This has been a blast. Yay. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.